Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. Back at it with you this Monday morning. So fired up to be speaking with Steve Mona. He's the CEO of the World Golf Foundation. If you're on social media, if you've got a pulse on what's happening in the golf world, you probably saw there was a little hubbub last Wednesday around National Golf Day. Hundreds descended on Capitol Hill to talk to congressmen and senators about issues affecting the game of golf. And Steve's going to recap what happened that day with us. Also talk about some of the economic impact numbers that are just in some new data just fresh in about what the economic impact of golf is here in the United States. Wonderful, wonderful chat I have with Steve that's coming right up. For those of you that listen to this show up in the Minnesota area, in Minnesota, I'm heading your way. I'm coming to the Upper Midwest Chapter, the CMAA Upper Midwest Chapter. That's happening on May 8th. We're doing a membership and marketing presentation. So if your club needs members, you should be there. If you want to register for that session, go to cmaa-uppermidwestchapter.org or just get in touch with Raleigh Carlson, who is the managing director of that chapter. We're going to have a lot of fun that day. It's actually starting in the evening at 6 o'clock at the Minicata Club. Looking forward to seeing you there. And if you're down here in Florida, I will be at the Florida Membership and Marketing Summit that's getting put on by the Membership Directors Association of Southwest Florida. It's happening at Quail West in Naples on Thursday, May 17th. They have an awesome lineup of speakers. I'll be there talking about social media. So if you're trying to get your social media in gear for 2018, want to build membership through social media, That'll be a place to catch that one. It's the only time I'll be giving that talk this year. So if you're down in the Naples area, anywhere in Florida, get on over. There's still time to register. You can go to mdasf.com and register for the annual conference. Again, it's happening on May 17th. Hope to see you there. All right. Well, without further ado, let's bring on our featured guest. Well, it's my pleasure to welcome CEO of the World Golf Foundation, Mr. Steve Mona, to the show. Steve has an unbelievable track record in the golf industry. Steve became the tournament director of the Northern California Golf Association in January of 82. Mona then became assistant manager of press relations for the USGA, at which time he also became the director of the Georgia State Golf Association. After that, moved on and became the chief executive officer of the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America before assuming his current role as CEO of the World Golf Foundation. It's a pleasure to have Mr. Steve Mona on the show. Steve, welcome. Thank you, Gabe. It's great to be with you this morning. Yeah, well, first I want to touch on the We Are Golf Coalition and what you're doing with that, Steve. Sure. So uh, the We Are Golf Coalition essentially is a gathering of all of the golf industry's major organizations. So it includes the professional tours. 
It includes all the major associations. It includes the major equipment manufacturers. It includes the major turf equipment manufacturers. It also includes the major management companies and the major media companies are also part of the coalition. And it has two major areas of focus. The first is participation. So our goal and our focus around participation is simply to increase participation and interest in the game. And then the second major objective is advocacy. And our goal is to advocate on behalf of the collective interest of the golf industry in two forms. One is in the government affairs arena, uh, and secondly, in the uh, public and media relations arena through an ongoing uh, image of the game effort that we've had in place for a number of years. Yeah, you, so that at 50,000 feet is uh, what the coalition is and what it does. Yeah, you guys are, are pretty active too. We just had the National Golf Day that happened last Wednesday on April 25th. Can you tell folks a little bit about what went down there in Washington, D.C., Steve? Sure. Well, first of all, this was our 11th annual National Golf Day, and I'm happy to report it was a record setter across all of the key metrics. We had 235 people. Um, that was a record. Uh, and those are leaders from across the industry, by the way. Uh, those individuals conducted uh, a, over 230 meetings with members of Congress and their key staff. And we had a number of other events at which we had uh, record attendance. And in addition to that, we also were able to move along pretty significantly our ongoing education efforts uh, that we've had underway now for the last decade, whereby we're trying to ensure that members of Congress and their key staff understand the, the true story about golf and its economic impact, its charitable impact, its environmental impact, its health and wellness benefits, and its affordability and accessibility. And we were successful at accomplishing and moving along that goal as well earlier this week. So you guys actually visited the offices of about 80 to 100 senators. Is that what I heard? Well, it was, uh, I wouldn't say it was that number. Uh, we had, well, we had 230 meetings uh, in total. Um, on the Senate side, uh, probably at least, uh, pretty close actually to that number. I mean, there's 100 senators, but yeah. um, I didn't see the exact final number. It could be close to that number, though. Right. Uh, but we really fanned out and um, had a, a significant uh, impact from a visibility standpoint, without question. People knew that golf was in town. No how question you, about it. How do you think the message uh, went over this year, Steve? I think it went over very well. You have to keep in mind, we've been at this now for uh, 10 years. And so you have to, in Washington, take the long view on these things right. uh, because you have 535 members of Congress, 435 in the House, 100 in the Senate, and they can turn over once every two years on the House side, once every six years on the Senate side. So you, you always have a new crop uh, at any given time that you're trying to educate. But um, because there's been a fair amount of consistency in the key positions, uh, I can tell you now that uh, a lot of uh, members know our talking points almost as well as we do. But more <laughs> importantly, they understand the impact uh, that golf has right. uh, 
on their local communities, which is really what where their interest lies. It's all about uh, so how is what you're doing impact my my constituents? Yep, yep. Well, you also released some economic uh, data. Some new uh, results have come in. So, can you h- highlight some of the key numbers that came out of that study? Yeah, absolutely. Once every five years, we conduct a national economic impact study. Uh, we've done so previously in uh, with data based on the year 2000, 2005, 2011, and now most recently 2016. And I'm pleased to announce that golf had an economic impact in 2016 of $84.1 billion, wow. which was up uh, over 20%, over $68.8 billion, which is what it was in 2011. Um, and, and that 84.1 is actually a record high, uh, eclipsing the previous high, um, which was set in 2005. So um, we are now um, at a high water mark over the past 18 years with respect to the economic impact of golf. And in, in addition to that, it's important to note that golf employs uh, or impacts almost 2 million jobs across the United States. Uh, Stated differently, one out of every 75 jobs in the United States is impacted in some way by the golf industry. And we also generate almost $4 billion in charitable impact uh, for the U.S. economy. So uh, a lot of good, solid news to report there. And I can tell you that that really opens the eyes of members of Congress and their staff when you can tout numbers like that. Yep, I always I'm always amazed by the the charitable impact golf has, and I don't think people realize that who aren't in the industry. So it's fantastic that you guys are shedding the light on those stats for folks. One last thing I wanted to cover in terms of National Golf Day during that day, you also had a big community service project. Can you tell folks a little bit about what happened with that, Steve? Absolutely, this is our second annual, and um, what we did on the the morning prior to National Golf Day, the Tuesday morning, is about 175 of us descended upon the National Mall right there in the middle of Washington and performed a variety of turf management services. We were supported and led by the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America and many of their key suppliers and their Mid-Atlantic chapter, uh, which really organized the day. But what we did essentially is we fanned out and and certain groups uh, laid sod, certain groups aerated, certain groups seeded, uh, certain groups edged, other groups blew debris, others uh, raked up the gravel around the mall, and others dislodged rocks from different places where they shouldn't be. So in essence, what we did, here's the best way to, to think about it. Uh, we, in one morning, in four hours basically, performed uh, what would take four months for the the members of the staff who work on the mall to accomplish. Oh my goodness. So that is a substantial impact. Um, and I can tell you that, um, when we left that day at about noon, the mall looked substantially better than it did at eight o'clock that morning when we arrived. I'd love to see a before and after photo. That's pretty cool, Steve. That's really neat that you guys did that. Steve, if you could look into your crystal ball, uh, sitting in your position and, and really getting an overview of what's happening around the country here in terms of golf and around the world, I should say, what would you say your uh, prognosis is for the game of golf here moving forward? Well, I'd, I'd make two statements. Uh, first is uh, golf is very solid. Uh, here in the U.S. And the reason I say that is we have about uh, 24 million individuals who participate in golf uh, on course, if you will, 
there's another 8 million who participate off course. And by off course, I mean top golf and similar facilities to that golf entertainment, if you will, uh, standalone driving ranges that are not associated with a on course, uh, course, uh, and simulators or screen golf, which is very popular in South Korea, but becoming increasingly so in the U S. Um, so, uh, but of the 24 million who participate on course, 20 million of those are committed to the game, which means they are golfers. They consider that part of their lifestyle. They're going to play golf, uh, as long as they can and physically are able. And of that, uh, number 95% of spending in golf, uh, is directly attributable to those 20 million people. And, and they're very solidly committed to the game. So we have a very solid core. That's my first point. My second point is that the face of the game is changing. Uh, between 2011 and 2016, we increased participation in the game among juniors by 20%. Uh, what's even better than that, from my perspective, is that 33% of juniors today are girls, and 33% of juniors today are ethnically diverse. So if you subscribe to the theory, as I do, that the current state of junior golf is going to be reflective of how golf looks in a generation from now, uh, we will look very different as a game uh, in the, the next generation. And that's good. That's healthy for the game. Yeah. Our stated goal is we want for golf to look like America looks, and we're, we're on our way with respect to the way junior golf looks today. That's amazing. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show today, Steve. If folks want to find out more about the World Golf Foundation or even participate in the next National Golf Day, what should they do? Yeah, here's what I would do. If you're interested in National Golf Day or anything related to our, our efforts in Washington or otherwise, um, visit wearegolf, just like it sounds, .org. Um, and you can be uh, on that page directed to any number of areas in which you might have interest, uh, including um, getting involved. And so uh, that's where I would commend your listeners to if they have uh, the desire to, to learn more about what we're doing. Fantastic, Steve. Thanks so much for your time today. My pleasure, Gabe. Good to be with you. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's show. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Definitely check out those initiatives that the World Golf Foundation is undertaking at wearegolf.org. I'll catch you back next week. Until then, here's to your membership success. Private Club Radio is brought to you by Concert Golf Partners, helping to preserve and enhance private golf and country clubs. Concert Golf has the capital, expertise and private club hospitality experience to help upscale private clubs achieving long-term success and membership growth. For 25 years, Concert Golf has allowed private club members to focus on simply enjoying their club. Visit ConcertGolfPartners.com to learn more about the recapitalization process.